Network is a podcast featuring active service members who discuss thoughts and opinions on various issues surrounding military life, current events, and history. The statements heard here are the opinions of its members and guests. These do not necessarily reflect the views of the Department of Defense and are not endorsed or sponsored in any way. Listener, your discretion is Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pit Talk, Pulling Pits and Opinions with your host, Israel, and your guest, Garrett Byrne. What's going on, everyone? Today, we're introducing Garrett Byrne here. He is a good friend of mine, very knowledgeable young man, younger than me anyways. Um... Go ahead, Garrett. Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you come from. Anything you want to anything you want to share with us before we get started? Yeah, uh, I, I grew up in uh, Tacoma, Washington. Um, probably like a little rough childhood growing up. Um, met my wife when I was about fifteen. We got married. I joined the Marine Corps. Um, then shortly after I joined, me and my wife got married, and after that. Uh, it was straight into um, being, I went to boot camp, went to MOS school, became a combat engineer. From there, we got married. After that, I uh, went to my first duty station, 29 Palms. Um, from there, it's right when I got there, about nine months later, I was in Iraq. About eight months after that, I was in Afghanistan. About a year after that, I was back in Afghanistan, you know, and... Um, I love sports. I love working out. Um, currently going to school to get my uh, exercise science degree. Um, yeah, man. That's a, quite an intro there. Quite an intro. Uh, what service are you in? I'm in the Marine Corps. Marine Corps? Very nice. How long have you been in? Uh, going on 15 years. 15 years. How many kids do you have again? Uh, I have two kids, yeah. Two kids. Uh, Any more? No, no, no more. No, no more. more. Uh, my daughter's 10 and my son is 6. Hmm. And how long have you been married again? Uh, where you hit 14 years on the 28th this month. This is a question. Hopefully you'll get in trouble. When's your anniversary? Uh, December 28th. Oh, wow. Spot on. Spot on. What do they call them? Devil dogs? Devil dogs, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. Just kidding. Just kidding. My name, well, <laughs> a little bit about myself. I have been active duty for 12 years, active duty military, Marine Corps. Hurrah. <laughs> Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, married 12, was married before I came in, three kids, hopefully one more in the way, you know, if the wife if the wife lets it. And signs the contract, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, well, enough was said. Actually, funny funny thing you talk about deployments, huh? Back yeah, to back to back? Yeah, it was uh, probably my first enlistment. I was honestly gone more than I was home. Um, rough times but at the same time it was it was a blast as well well uh when did you first deploy what year uh 2009 mm, okay okay 2009 i wasn't even in yet no wow <laughs> seasoned seasoned pup no wonder the salt and pepper hair looks <laughs> looks like it no it's a receding hairline that's oh, that's what it is sorry i apologize um 2009 how long was that deployment uh it was a short one it was only five months we were the last uh combat unit in um in Iraq, we we're doing route clearance. Well, how long was the workup? Um, probably about. I got to the unit in December two thousand eight. 
Um, so from then on, we left in about September of 2009. So about. So that means five, the deployment, five plus how many were you away from the fam? In and out. We're in 29 Palms, so the backyard is pretty much our training ground. So long time. Enough. Long time. Over Enough. a year. No, that's yeah. a long time. The second one, was it a year, was it? Uh, 2010. Um, we were doing route clearance going up to Sangin. Um, I actually volunteered for that one for as a combat replacement because we were losing so many guys to IED blasts. Um, so that was a short one. That was only four months as well. Mm. And how and how was uh, the workout for that one? Same thing. I was super quick because um, we weren't slated to go, so we we're just going back and forth, just doing basic training, and there was really no workout. I just volunteered to go because the the unit needed some. Mm. So and I then got, I got back from Iraq in February, March of 2010. Um, and then I was gone again in September. It's a quick turnaround, huh? Oh yeah. How pretty rough? Uh, say the least. I would say the least. It was. Uh, Them rippets are good though. They were, and the Otis Punk Marmuffin. <laughs> uh, what about the third one? Work up for that one in uh, that was, time frame. I would say the the third one after the last one combat deployment was that was the roughest. I would say. Um, I was in direct support of two four. I'm a combat engineer, so that one was direct support on the ground patrolling and sweeping for IDs. Um, we left September, obviously again in September 2011, and that workup was before that ten months, I would say. Oh, geez. So we're just it's a long time in and out of the field, getting ready to go. Hmm. What do you remember the most out of three? The third one. The third one? The third one. Mm. The roughest, too? Yeah, absolutely, by far. Mm. Well, funny thing you talk about your deployments. Uh, that leads me into my point. PTSD, huh? Oh, you know what PTSD is? I'm sure you know what it is. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely... Uh, Three back-to-back-to-back. To back to back, no, no dwell time in between. You know, it's kind of a... Just get it and go, get it and go, get it and go. Yeah, and then it goes and... Then deployments after that, you know, I went to Central America and then also, excuse me, I uh, did a UDP to Japan as well. So, and then obviously just little field operations during the time. So, um, a little bit of shell shock, some combat fatigue, maybe. Yeah. Um, also, I was a drone instructor as well. So, <coughs> it was, it was oh, one thing. Titles. <laughs> it was just you know de- deployments deployments went to you know be a drone instructor came back deployed again and you know i'm here now so it's been for the last 14 going on 15 years just over and over and over again hmm. and how about now that you're in hawaii we weren't you're in hawaii now right yes I'm in and how's hawaii compared to every other due station and um it's kind of weird you know we talk about ptsd and you know there was a lot in the moment after I got back from deployment that I was dealing with, but you know, I'm kind of realizing that there's like long-term effects, Hmm. you know, like since I was going, 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 there's no time to reflect on, reflect on things that happened. So, you know, getting here, I'm at, you know, third Latour logistics battalion here in Hawaii that 
I have more time to reflect. It's not, the tempo is not as high right now, at least. So a lot of those memories and things come back because hmm. I have more time to sit and dwell and think. To relive the experience, huh? Yeah. Um, good and bad, though. It's operational pause, good time to yeah, yourself. Yeah, it's def- definitely a good time for the family. You mm-hmm. know, I get to spend a lot more time, do a lot more things, be a lot more involved with, you know, the family, which is really nice. PTSD, though. Traumatic stress. Is it you relieve it every day that you're here? Does it come back? Do you do you think about it? So, it's an event. It's event more for you. Multiple events, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, it's almost like slammed together all in one. You know, the my first two deployments, we were, you know, mounted. That's the first time I saw action. But we're doing route clearance. We're mounted in vehicles. It wasn't. I felt more secure because we're in. Mm-hmm. armored vehicles right. you know um i really wasn't out of the vehicle sweeping for ids it was more you know convoys kind of things <clears throat> nervous though yeah oh absolutely you know drilling rush every time you went out oh yeah the first outside time, the wire yeah outside the wire we're the first time i heard an explosion is that was the lead gun truck and our mine roller must have missed this pressure pressure switch by inches and one of my best friends was behind me he was in a husky and he got hit by a 155 shell Oh, man. Um, ripped the whole front end off the Husky, spun it 180 degrees, and it was on its side. So that was like like eye-opening. We were like, boom. And I was like, what was that? Right. I was like, I never experienced anything like that before. I knew, you know, the possibilities were out there, but like, holy cow, this is, this is real. Uh-huh. And that was like two months into the deployment. And that was the first time that you've, uh, in that deployment, you had experienced something. Yes. And that, how, how often did you relive that moment with uh, the little blast? Um, with all of them, with all like there's like certain events that's happened through each of the my de- combat deployments that's like resonates inside, you know. So it's like, you know, 20, I, it, I see it. Like I see it right now talking to you. Right. Like, it's like all of them. It's like, what is it? It's like uh, what are those camera things? Hmm. You know, where you switch the picture. It's right, like right, over right. and over, or like a flip book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's how it is in my head. It's like, I can see every moment. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, those ones that... Yep, where right. the, the picture changes each and one. it starts over again. Yep. <laughs> the book is like the song that never ends. Oh, yeah. But it's funny, it's funny to talk about post, post-traumatic stress, right? It's actually 20% of military that get out, or 20% of veteran, combat veterans, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Iraq and Afghanistan put together, all of them are doing the same and yet what are we doing as your brothers and sisters to help you out has there been any has there been any peer pressure you know because it also with the ptsd with all that trauma you have to figure out how to cope and those coping mechanisms are not always healthy especially for active duty personnel absolutely not you know um you know going back to my third combat deployment we're in direct support of 2-4 um, we're out of Shirgazi, um, super kinetic, you know, there's this thing called ugly hill that the Taliban took back over and we had to go and clear it. Um, this is a vivid memory in my brain that probably never go away in my life. Um, we're up there sweeping and EOD took the right side of the mountain. My engineers took the left. I was a squad leader at the time, you know, it's my responsibility to train these guys to get them ready to go. So we're leading point, you know, on all these patrols. You know, if we miss an ID and one of the infantry guys gets hit behind us, 
Like that's ultimately like our fault, right. you know, depending on if they stepped out of the sweat path or, you know, that mm. nature. But ultimately if we miss an IED and we get somebody blown up, you know, that's mostly our fault, you know? So we're up there sweeping. One of my engineers were sweeping, said an area was cleared, you know, EOD finds something, we go to clear off the mountain. One of the, the EOD tech goes through one of the holes that was supposedly cleared and it goes boom. Hmm. Um, we run up there, this guy's screaming, like screaming for his life. Um, I look down and half his leg's missing. Hmm. Like, I got chills. It was like, I see, like, I reliving it right now. Like, from his knee down, gone. Like, it just looked like, I don't know, if you took, like, your arm and put it through a, you know, a wood chipper. I'm good. You, you know, <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to eat my pizza while you talk, you know, but, so it's inappropriate. Um, but uh, continue, continue. Yeah, so that happened. He's screaming, you know, and we're yelling for the corpsman. Obviously, put the tourniquet on, you know, try to stop that bleeding, you know, try to calm him down as best we can. And then getting the the corpsman up there to provide aid and then medevacing him to the bird that was down the, down the hill to the LZ that we cleared out. You know, that, that's a vivid memory. Well, response time for you when that happened to go help assist a Marine. I was absolute, like it, the boom, boom went off and somebody was yelling. You didn't think, huh? You I didn't think go. I just went straight to it, you know, um, compared to now though, you're what? 33. I uh, just turned 34. 34? Yeah, just oh, turned 34. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, compared to now, what's the response time now with some some situations that are coming up? You pause? No. Freeze? No, actually, I don't, man. Like, there's crazy, like, three incidences happened just recently. Um, I was walking to the commissary, and there's some congestion going on, and I'm looking over, and this old guy's face down on the ground. Nobody's doing anything for him. <laughs> what the Face down, and I've run over there. On base? On base, right at the commissary. Right Is here. he drunk? Old. He's like 80 years old. Oh, man. Okay. So I get over there, and there's blood over the ground. You're serious? You're making this up? No, I, I'm dead serious, man. Holy and I'm man, like, I'm going to call my PMO, buddy. Nobody's nobody's doing anything, you know, and, and it's weird. These incidences, I snap back into, like, that combat mindset, like, mm. all the training and stuff, you know, and, like. I provide C-spine, you know, calming the victim down, checking his pulse, checking his respirations, like doing all these things. It's like, you know, you fall back on your training in certain stressful situations. And that's exactly what happened, you know, and obviously EMS gets there. I'm still holding C-spine, you know, we roll him over, then EMS takes him. But, you know, talking about PTSD and how that affects everyone so differently. Right. You know, for me... I, don't, I, I can't explain it, man. Like, it sounds like you're coping pretty well, maybe. Yeah. Or is there some uh, persistent symptoms, re-experiencing um, trauma, maybe flashbacks, nightmares, emotional numbness through your, with your family, maybe? So maybe. the, no flashbacks or anything. It's just memories. Like I've learned to over time to deal with. Like, it's never gonna go away. Like everyone tries to say, PTSD. It's bad. I have these thoughts. I have these memories. Like. They want to get rid of them. They're never going to go away, you know. Hmm. But going back to the numbness thing you were saying, um, when I got back from my the direct support, when we went to four, 
I didn't, it's hard to explain, man. I was numb. Like nothing bothered me, you know, and my wife and I, um, we watched this show called, uh, it's a vampire, vampire diaries. Mm -hmm. That's my daughter's favorite show. Dude. And then I, I related to that because the vampires, they lose their humanity. Mm. Right. And they go say wild. Right. But they're numb to a lot of things. So when I was over there, I felt like I had a choice. It was either, it was either I get stressed out and fail, almost like concede to the dangers and freeze up, or I just don't care anymore. Hmm. But how does that affect your numbness now? So I wouldn't say so much now, but after when I got back from that deployment, I, I missed my daughter's birth. I, I got home and she was a month old. Um, I was really numb to things like nothing. I didn't enjoy anything. It was mm. just like, honestly, you would rather go back because mm. I was there for seven months. Right. Know? That was like you live that life. So it's like you get in this routine over there. It's like sounds nature, like natural. So it was I was just numb, nothing, in, you know, and nothing. I didn't enjoy anything because I. I'm a adrenaline junkie. Right. You know, like we got shot at and I was like, Oh man, that was, that was close. It was next to my foot, man. Like, dang. Mm-hmm. And I, I made it a joke. Like, Whoa, dude. Like that's crazy. You know? And like when I got back, nothing, I wasn't joyful, you know? Like that's why I think a lot of Marines go and drive 120 down the door hmm. when we come back from oh, points. good comparison. They're trying to live for that rush again that they had in a combat situation. You know, that's a form of PTSD in my eyes. That makes sense. Makes sense. What about the sleep problems now and compared to when uh, all that stuff was going on? Yeah, I, I can say, like, I, ne- I honestly never had problems sleeping. Not even now? Snoring? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. My wife calls me a snorer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I snore. Well, disregard that then. Say I'm kind of a mouth breather, you know. Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you brush your teeth before you went to sleep. <clears throat> um, but at the time... After work up, deployed, work up, deployed, work up, deployed, no no real sleep problems? Not really, man. I, I just, I don't, I didn't, re- I didn't recognize any. Mm-hmm. Even now, I don't. What about difficulties in the relationships while you were deployed and then now compared? Um, Be honest. This is what it's for. You know what I mean? Like we, yeah, we, I, I would say, I think there's definitely, um, there's coping mechanisms and in the Marine in the military in general, like we don't do drugs, you know, but what we do have is alcohol, Hmm. you know, and I caught, I found myself drinking heavily and, you know, I couldn't explain it, you know, then, and a few, like about a year ago, I was drinking super heavily, you know, and I think that's just a coping mechanism we use because we don't know any other way. Interesting. So, is it uh, it's easily accessible here on base, yeah? Oh, absolutely. We can go to the and market, and, and, and you can go anywhere and grab. Even it. in Liberty Breeze, yeah. Talk about alcohol. Yeah, we don't like don't drink and drive. Don't don't drink. Don't drink. Don't drink. And or or drink, but drink responsibly, and yeah. or drink, but drink with a plan. And mm-hmm. you can drink, but you can drink. Yeah, it's always I, drinking. And you know, I, I, my wife and I have a really 
really good communication, you know, and we identify things and it's like, yeah, and I had a, I had a problem and I was like, I need to stop drinking. I've never seen that picture of you when you uh, had surgery. Oh yeah. I was that. drinking every day and had sur- shoulder surgery and tore my labrum. Um, you know, I showed you that the picture of mm-hmm. when I was, it looked like a freaking hobo dog. Yeah. It was crazy. And then I, I was stopped drinking for about three months, you know, and, um, I was, I was, Go ahead, go ahead. My brain was clear. Like, I think clear. Like, it was just, you know, crazy. Mm-hmm. But the temptation is always there, you know. Um, so I've had a few drinks ever since, you know, but since I quit. But um, I feel like it's in control now. Like, yeah. I, I'm in control. If I, you know, I can say no before, I would be like, let's, let's just drink. Let's. Right. So. Well, that's good. That's, yeah, a, that's a big positive compared to what you were going through, right? What about a uh, sudden anger spurts? You seem pretty like a pretty gentle, cuddly bear. No, yeah. no pun intended. <laughs> uh, I think before, um, like immediately after, I would say there was a lot of outbursts or like really short. Um, no, there's no reason. It was just a like quick reaction. You know, I think that's because of having, having living that for so long and especially in the military like there's no with our marines everyone it's like you want a response now there's no i tell you to do something do it you know so that that's i would say was short and fast and you know really reactive but did you uh did you did you ever get issued medical marijuana while you were no no how about anybody that you know that got out, started doing any kind of drugs, substance, using substances to prescribe something from the VA kind of thing? Um, talking to buddies, yeah, they, I think the biggest one is opiates. Hmm. You know, you're getting blown up. You know, they, what, what's there to give? You know, you have back pain. Here's some Vicodin. Here's some Percocet. Hmm. You know, and that's... Is that a problem? I, I think that's a problem. You know, you... Um, you take these pain medications and your body learns how to adapt to them. So you have to take more and more. And before you know it, you don't even realize it, but you're smoking heroin, Hmm. you know, that's definitely, you know, you think drugs, PTSD prescribed, excuse me, drugs and PTSD mix is a good, uh, think doctors should be issuing that kind of stuff. No. Um, there's, I've heard a few studies, though, about different types of drugs that help cope with them. Mm-hmm. I've heard, uh, you know, CBDs and CBDs one, you know, which is legal outside the military. Uh, Marijuana is another one. Um, a study I read was using, like, ecstasy almost, mm. like MDMA. Yeah. Um, to, they're trying to put you back in that scenario that caused that PTSD. Mm-hmm. And then you're on that medic you're on that drug which makes you feel happy that tries to switch that event to a happy feel good event mm-hmm. not so much a negative one interesting um i was reading the other day um they were talking about uh and again this is this is off the va right office of research and development with ptsd right Mm-hmm. Uh, they were talking about there's 
evidence-based treatments for PTSD that help many veterans, right? Such as therapy, vice, um, prescribed medication. And that's if there's 100 service members that actually go through the therapy, 50% of them are either healed from the PTSD or they have figured out how to cope with their PFSD, P- PTSD, excuse me, so that they can live a normal life. That's 50%. That's a big number, isn't it? That's, a that's huge, one in two. That's a huge number. But it also says that, right, medical therapy, medical issue drugs, right, they're 42% more likely to, what's the word uh, I'm looking for, uh, go back into remission and, and PTSD become an issue again if it's prescribed. I, isn't, that, isn't that a crazy uh, well, percentage? You think about it, you know, like if you're talking through things, um, you're heading on to it like ahead of a spear. You're going after it in a sober mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, I have my own thoughts and, you know, about big pharma hmm. and the use of, you know, prescription drugs. Um, I feel like they're a band-aid. You know, there's a lot of things with depression, anxiety, and all these different drugs they have for these things, which to me is a band-aid. That's not, it's not getting the result that you need. Right. You know, it's just covering something up. It's kind of almost a, as a, what's it called? What's the word I'm looking for? Temporary fix. Temporary fix. Yeah, right. absolutely, man. Like that drug's not going to work at some point. Hmm. So it's either they change the drug or they up the dosage, you know, which there's multiple side effects of right. some of these depression, anxiety medication that are given veterans well, to cope well, with it. What about the ones that tell you, hey, man, this drug is really helping me. I haven't tried therapy, but this drug is helping. That, what, what, what are you going to tell them? Even though you know that 50, more than 50 percent of service members are going to come and, cu- and live, be able to live with PTSD if they do therapy vice drugs. What are you going to tell them? You're telling me that if you attack, attack the head of the spear, right? Go go after it, talk talk through it. But they have talked through it. What, I mean, what so, are you going to do with that? So I think there's a. So I was diagnosed general, generalized anxiety disorder mm-hmm. about six months ago. Oh, wow. recent. So they that they gave they. I don't like make, taking medications, but talking to the medical officer because I've had it for so long that he's like, it's going to be a long road to be able to get through this. So I was like, okay, what else can we do? He's like, try this Lexapro. And I was like, okay, I'll try the Lexapro. And it worked. It chilled me out. Hmm. My anxiety wasn't so high. Is it a narcotic? No, not a narcotic. Okay, okay, okay. So but it was doing other things that I didn't like. It was my sex drive was low. Like, I felt like I was a couch potato. Hmm. Like different things so I, I stopped taking it you know so there's other ways to cope you know and I think that if it's something that you need now because suicide's an idea or some of these other serious things um, yeah take the medication to help you cope but I think there's medication with counseling and weaning off that medication and finish counseling I think if for a serious case I think That'd be a good option. Hmm. Um, interesting. 
I don't really deal with PTSD. Maybe not combat PTSD, right? No, and that's you bring that up. Combat and P, I, PTSD is PTSD. Hmm. It, you know, post traumatic stress disorder. You know, something traumatic happened in your life, and you have stress from it. You know, and I think it varies for so many people. Is it being in the military it's just gives you post traumatic stress syndrome? Jesus. I, yes, but Goodness I think that there's. Uh, there's a thing that I'm trying to correlate, you know, I I'm, I'm take PTSD seriously because my best friend, you know, was ser- had serious PTSD and I was there for him through a lot of things, getting him help and all that stuff. But I think it has a lot to do with how you were raised hmm. and from there, like how you're joining and dealing with stuff. Hmm. Um, you know, talking to my therapist and telling him everything that's happened in my life since before I joined, he's like, wow, you went through a lot. Right. Like, that's a, that's heavy, you know, like, watching my, my real father punch my mom in the face, like, abuse her and hmm. drugs and... Trauma. Trauma. Like, yeah. trauma after trauma after trauma and, you know... Are you a victim because of it now? Of two PTSD? What do you mean? Meaning... It always ha- it's always going to be there. You're always going to go through it, and it's never going to go away. Oh, it's never. Like people are like, "Oh, I get rid of my PTSD." I think that's bullshit. You, I'm sorry. Say again. I, I don't. In my eyes, I don't think PTSD and anybody ever goes away. Hmm. Like, because there's there's different forms, different levels. Correct, but there's something traumatic happened in your life. That image is that image is never going to be removed in my eyes. Never going to be removed from your brain ever. Hmm. Like I can see all the traumatic in- through my whole life right now. I can look at them. Boom, 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 boom. What's the difference between you and one of those veterans that got out? What's the difference? I, I honestly believe my support network. Hmm. Like I have a great wife that listens and supports me and honestly tells me when I'm jacked up. Right. You know, and I'm I, I, honestly, I'm a very humble person. If I'm messed up, like, yeah, I'm messed up. Okay, let's let's. But how, how is that any different from once I got out? It's the same thing. I'm sure they have a good support system. We got family, friends that that meet the needs that, that they require. That support that that support system is different. If I got if I got out right now and went back home, yeah, I have my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. But you don't have a community. You don't have that tribe. Like me and my wife talk about it. It's like we have a tribe. Hmm that we depend on like talking to my brother-in-law and sister-in-law in Washington. They don't right. have a tribe. It's just them. Like they don't, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. You think, uh, if you were to get out now, would you be e- more easily persuaded to take prescription drugs to cope with your PTSD? That's a good question. Uh, my wife and I both like, I'm, I'm nervous to get out. Like, got about a contract and an extension left, maybe a year extension left after that. Uh, one con- four year contract, yeah. I got five this year's left, mm-hmm. you know. But I think it goes into this. Is all I know. I joined at eighteen years old. Hmm, it sounds like it's gonna come back. This rushing the, like a wave. You know, this all the structure I've had. No structure. Yeah. You know, there's no. There's no. If you don't show up, you're gonna get. NJP, hmm. non-judicial punishment. You know? Right. There's no, if you don't show up, we're going to take your rank. You know, it's me. 
it's my decision. It's just Garrett. Just Garrett. If I don't want to show up to work, then no harm, no foul. I just lose my job. Whatever. Right. I'll find potentially, potentially. Potentially, yeah. But I think talking through those things with my wife, Kaylee, is like a big one is purpose. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. You know, I think a lot of veterans get out. They had a lot of purpose. They had or they have? They had. You know, in the Marine Corps, they had Marines to lead. A mission. A mission. Like, hmm. they had something to go after, something to Interesting. Do, a purpose to live, you know, and they get out. They're like, if they didn't go through TRS and set things up like college and all these things, mm-hmm. they have no purpose. Right. If you have no purpose in life, why, why are you living? Hmm. Whoa. Interesting. No purpose in life while you're living. Why are, are you living or? Are you just going through the motions? Mm. Like, and I think that's what leads to, you know, another topic. You yeah. know, that's a totally different. Another topic. day. Another day to talk about. You it's know, a little so sensitive today. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think people get out, you know, they think they have their P- PTSD under wraps and they get out and don't have that support network. They don't have a purpose and all those thoughts and memories and things come flooding back because they have no outlet to talk to any because they don't trust anybody. Interesting. The brotherhood's gone. It's not gone. Well, when they get out, there's. Okay, uh, it's just not realistically, realistically speaking. Correct. Yeah. The, the 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 way that we live, culturally, and you know the idea of brotherhood is is gone. There's no more. No, it's not the same. Like my buddy Greg, he got out and he he struggled for a long time, just because he's like, I don't, I don't have a brotherhood. Hmm. He's like, I go to work and I don't trust these guys. Interesting. You know, it, it, I would like to, I would like to read on and how much those first term Marines, how much they deal with after getting out. If they deal with anything, honestly. Like in this time, in, in this, this, this Marine Corps right now, right now, compared to what it was yeah. 10, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. When, when combat was. What's the difference? Combat. Well, I'm saying, what's the difference of the coping? Like, is it who you know who had it more difficult, or was it harder for some people? Or what do you? I mean, it's the military. I mean, I think it's it's gen- generally across the board. It's all kind of the same. I mean, obviously, different stressors, right, compared to you know yeah. Army, Navy, Air Force, and the Coast Guard, but. Generally Don't speaking, the space force now. Space force now. I mean, what trauma do they get, really? <laughs> Anyways, um, but I would like to see the comparison, you know, with the young guys, Gen Z, Gen Y. That's a, that's a another good topic. What's a what's the comparison in in, in stressors and how, how we cope now compared to how we cope ten years ago and ten years ago again? Yeah, what's the difference? We had a we had a class on how do we bridge the gap between generations, Gen X. Millennials, Gen Z, hmm. how are we doing that? You know, and how we're raised different. You know, it, it was eye opening. You know, um, yeah, but but you're talking about veterans that get out now. Within the last five years, the VA saying fifty percent or forty two percent of them are are taking drugs and prescription drugs. Excuse me, and and figuring out that drugs they're not they're not understanding what the difference is. How to cope, excuse me, with the drugs or how to cope with the PTSD vice. What you're selling now is it sounds like you're kind of a needle in the haystack, so to speak. 
you're a dime a dozen, not not even a dime a dozen. You're just you're that guy that you're the exception to the policy almost. Yeah, like I, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything. I, I don't. I think there's a lot of mental toughness and like resiliency that's built in, and it's like that you've learned or that you just innately have. I, I don't know, man. Well, I mean, what are you gonna tell these guys that you don't think they're resilient? They've been through multiple combat deployments compared to you, comparatively speaking to you, right? And then me, I'm just not even in the same category. You don't think they're resilient? They went through multiple, multiple, multiple tours. The dwell time in between was minimal. Absolutely. And then, you know, even in, in advanced technology, now you go you, you go to freaking, what is it? You got Air, you bought Air Force Base Bagram or whatever it is mm-hmm. in Afghanistan. Super you got nice. <clears throat> super nice, right? It was huge, and compared to what Leatherneck, which right? Is, which is nice. It's pretty. It's like just its own night, city. Night and day than being at a patrol base out in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Right. What What I'm saying is, in the advances technology, it's still the. You still have dudes that go back to back to back to back. That's resilient already. You're telling me that you're different. I think. What are you going to tell those guys that look at you and say, "Come on, Garrett, that's that's not fair to say." Honestly, man. What, like, give them some advice here. This is what I'm looking for. What what it, what is it that you're doing different that they're not? I think what I do is I push like I revert a lot back to your physical fitness and like the things you do. And I read this book, Own the Day. And on the day by who you know, this? I would have to look it up. I forgot who it is. Oh, it sounds um, good. It is good title. And it talks about everyone looks at a week, two weeks. How am I going to get through this? And he talks about, you know, own that one day. Hmm. That's the best I can, advice I can give to anybody that's struggling or anything. You wake up, set a, set a schedule. I'm going to wake up at five. I'm going to go for a walk or a run, and I'm going to do these things. I'm going to eat this good meal. I'm going to do this, do this, structured. Just own that one day. Put something in. I'm going to run a mile. Do that. Hmm. Own that for that day. Small victories. Small victories. Once you have that victory, okay, let's bring some more in. Mm -hmm. Let's eat a good breakfast. Hmm. Okay, we got that. Because once you're consistent and build a habit, life's so much easier. Right. And I believe that physical fitness and pushing your body to the max is going to breed that mental toughness to be able to conquer those bad thoughts, those bad memories, because you force yourself to get through that training day. Mm-hmm. Like, I ran the Spartan Ultra out here in Hawaii. Rough. It I was, heard about it. It was 30. You did it by yourself? No, me and three buddies. Mm-hmm. I was, I've never been more mentally challenged, physically challenged in my life. 34 miles. Um, I was, this is how crazy your brain can be. My, bot, my brain was telling me, just throw yourself off the cliff. Don't kill yourself. Just throw yourself off the cliff so you get hurt so you can say you want to stop. <laughs> that's that's crazy, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, and I'm, I, I feel like I'm a very 
you know, I have a lot of mental toughness control through my life, but like that's in that moment, you know, and I, you know, correlate this to people that have PTSD because they're living that every day. Those challenges of like, man, I just want to do this or man, I just want to do some drugs to get away from those bad memories. Right. You know, and that, but I got through it. Mm-hmm. I've told my, no, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's stupid. Right. You know, and I think physical fitness and pushing your body to a max is you gain control. Once you have control, you you can do anything. Once you have the control of that mind, once sounds you have like control a, of your mind, you can you can do anything. Sounds like a business proposition. <laughs> you know, create I, a uh, create a PT program for the brother for the brothers in arms after they get out. You know, I listen to I listen to Dave Goggins. He's probably one of one of my most inspirational guys I listen to. He doesn't count. He's like exception to policy. But he's no different. Mm. What what makes him different mm. than any of these other combat vets? Mm, I don't know. He was a Navy SEAL. True. He did all these deployments. He got shot at and shot mm. at people. All these combat veterans that did the same thing have those things. Right. Right? So we go back bound to, like, what does he have? He pushes his body to the max. He controls that mind. Physical fitness. Physical fitness, man. Like... If you're a bum, don't work out and do do anything. You're gonna relieve that trauma, aren't you? You're just not physically fit. Once I think I believe once you're in physically good shape, right, you feel better as a person. You do. Your endorphins, all these things. You know, you just feel better. You look better. You walk better. Like just feel like a better person. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it sounds like a lot. Oh, it is a lot, but that goes back to what I was saying about owning the day. Mm-hmm. You can't. You look at you look at it like, hey, you know, I want to do all these things. If you're looking at it such a, you're looking at this paint painting of all these things you want to do. This roadmap of what the end state you want to get to. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot. That's stressful. That's a lot of anxiety. Right. Let's break that down. How do we get there? A day at a time. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We're uh. Business? Where are you at right now? I heard you had a small little business going on. What's going on with that? Yeah, man. Uh, is that helping the PTSD? <clears throat> honestly, man, um, it does. Oh, you know? interesting. Uh, I started an auto detailing business. My, I've wanted to do it for years. My wife was like, just do it. Stop being a pussy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you know? um, I mean, uh, no pun intended there, Garrett. You know, she's a big cuddly bear. She's my uh, social media manager. She does, hey. she does all the reels and pictures. And I thank her for that. Um, but, you know, it's... When I get into a detail, it's like I'm vacuuming and that's all I'm doing. You know, I'm focused. You know, the, my mind's not going a million miles an hour thinking about all these thoughts and everything. Mm. So it really focuses me on to control, you know, my thoughts and everything, which which helps quite a bit. You... uh you got any social media? Yeah, GK. Where, where can they, where can they uh, reach uh, Mr. Garrett Byrne? Uh, GK Auto Detailing LLC. Mm, interesting. Sounds like a good gig. It's not bad. Good prices, yeah. you know, offer quite a bit. Uh, get a discount? You get you the military discount? Yeah, just hit me up on Instagram. 10%? 10%. Military discount? Yeah. Veteran discount. Is there a veteran's ID card? Huh? You tell me you're in, you're in the military, I'll hook you up. Oh, man. I'll show you my ID. Yep. No, I don't need it. 
<laughs> hey, truth mm. and integrity. What's uh? What's the uh, what's that called? That little tag. Which one? You know, what I'm talking about at this, at that, where they can find you at social media, mm. Instagram, Facebook. What? I got an Instagram and and Facebook. Um, mostly all my works on my fa- on Instagram. Uh, it's GK underscore auto underscore detailing LLC. That's mm. on Instagram. It's on Instagram. What about Facebook? You got Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. Similar. I'd add a few things. Um, okay, so first I hit- Hello. Whoops. Is that your is it your wife's ringer? <laughs> uh, it's just at GK Auto Detailing LLC twenty two. What about uh, if dudes just want to reach out to you about PTSD and the resiliency you built over the years? Same stuff. Yeah, same same platform. Um, I'm here. I'm here to help. Here to talk. Um, there's different things, different scenarios to work through. Um, but I think just talking to somebody about things, just getting it off your chest and letting it out and not worrying about being judged, crying or anything like that. Like we all have problems, man. It's just being able to talk and get through it. Mm-hmm. Like I still have problems. Yeah, it's just true. <laughs> you know, true. like we all have problems and it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel this way. Interesting. You cried in the depot. I did. <laughs> I, I looked at myself in the mirror at two in the morning and asked myself, why am I doing this? <laughs> Did you get some PTSD with that? Oh, man, yeah. Holy mackerel. You look pretty squared away as a senior, I remember. It's just... Seeing it that picture? To, it just goes back to, like, that physical toughness, you know, building that mental that mental shield, that mental armor, mental armor to mm. be able to, like... And physically, that helped you a lot. It did. Be, being physical, excuse me. Absolutely, because it's like you can't you can't break me. You know what I mean? Like I, hmm. I just, I can't, I go, you know, I'm looking at my wife and my kids, you know, my dad wasn't, my real father wasn't the greatest, you know? And it's like, I strive, like I can't not be a good father. Hmm. Like I can't let these things do it. Cause it's like, if I fail, then I'm a failing as a person. Like I just can't let that happen. It's deep. Oh yeah. man. Like it's good to hear from you, man. Yeah, man. Good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for being honest. I'm always honest. Uh, debatable. <laughs> debatable. I'll tell you how it is. Mm. I, I would say that uh, that's a debatable topic, but we won't go. That's a different different podcast, different session. <laughs> but um, I appreciate you talking about PTSD, your experiences with PTSD, your, uh, your combat um, <clears throat> stressors, so to speak, and uh, your a little bit of the military lifestyle. It's... Uh, Stressful to say the least, I think, and it adds to the PTSD. Oh, it does. Um, you, know, you get to a spot that you're comfortable. You find a counselor. You find all these things. By the time that's all set in, you got orders. You gotta go. You gotta go. That's a good point, isn't it? You know, and it's like I'm you gotta glad. start over. You gotta start over. You gotta get comfortable with a counselor again. You gotta get comfortable with all these people and like us men in the military, even women. It's like prideful. Who are you, man? I don't feel like telling you all my secrets. That's a part. Of, I think that's part of the, the hard, the hard part of uh, finding help. It's the shame, shame factor, and redoing it over again and re. Reliving. What is it called? Be, re, yeah, yeah. There just you go. Reliving it all over again. It's God, like, darn know, it. I'm just like tired of it. Yeah. You know, it's like it's bad because like. Where was this at the beginning of the podcast? Well, uh, I opened that up. That's pretty good. You're welcome. Well, you think about it. It's like, why do why do senior 
enlisted Marines suffer from PTSD so much? Why do we retire or get out and suffer? Because it's like we go to make an appointment and it takes two weeks, hmm. three weeks to get in to see mental health. Marine, uh, I mean, the same same, uh, same uh, Office of Research and Development, VA, said that they're between the branches, the Marine Corps is the most uh, that most uh, that most veterans experience PTSD from. Yeah, the Marine Corps. That's it. And then at that thing about a lot of the, I mean, I don't know about Air Force, but it sounds like Navy. They're five year duty stations, five years. They're there for five years, establishing something. Same thing with the Army, uh, for certain MOSs, right? But. I'm sure it's the same thing with the Air Force and even the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard is ridiculous. Well, we put out that, the Commandant put out that thing about um, homesteading. Hmm. You know. You'd think that's really going to take an effect. But it, no. It, no, it's it not. Doesn't. No, and it's like. It's three years out, three years out, three years out. No wonder that makes sense, huh, doesn't it? Yeah, nobody has a. Two and two. You're gone. Can't establish a relationship with a counselor. That's Therapy's that's gone. Problem. You gotta humble yourself again every three years. And reliving the whole thing over again. Over again. Especially if you're not ready to relive it. No, that's like my, my best friend Darren. He lives in he lives in California right now. Mm-hmm. He's been trying to get in to see a therapist for two months now. Well, wow, through the VA? No. Just in general. In general. Because oh they're so backed up. Hmm. Like I took a test. Aren't there aren't there uh one eight hundred numbers we can call as as a military. What is that? Military suicide, one source. Military one source. The suicide hotline. There's there's so many, but talking to somebody on the phone is not the same as like in person. In person, hmm. communicating. That makes like sense. I went to the TBI clinic. I did the. Um. I took a whole bunch of tests yesterday. Um, to see my brain cognitivity of all the blasts, overpressure, and all the blasts I've been in. Oh, there is some correlation in there, isn't it, with PTSD? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at least a tra- traumatic brain injury. Like if you got a TBI and how that affects t- PTSD mm-hmm. and long-term effects of it, you know, I, I, I won't have my results from my, my testing until January 11th. That's like a month from now. It's almost a month. Man. But it's like. Military medicine. You know, we're looking at if the VA is saying the military is the most, the Marine Corps that has the most people with PTSD. It's like, Okay. And we're not getting help. It's because like we're here. We're asking for help. We're mm. asking for help. And now it's like, oh, come here in three weeks. Interesting. It was I was talking to a <clears throat> I was talking to a buddy of mine and uh he sent me a a screenshot of uh elapsed time, so to speak, of a of a, his buddy putting in a claim through the VA mm-hmm. started Jan- July 12th right the initial review of that claim was the same day which was pretty good turnaround so I, I submitted to you you looked at it okay cool and then the evidence gathering and review took them all the way till November like imagine that that isn't crazy like I have I have PTSD mm-hmm. I go for help how many months is that five six I don't know, what is that July, August, September, October, November. It's four months before. Four months. And it's not even, they haven't even seen yet. No. That's through the VA. And then that's November 18th. And then he still hasn't 
So there's a little time time slot. If you look, it's called preparation for notification. Mm-hmm. Just just sitting there. And we're in December. And we're in December. Which is probably the most. Isn't that crazy? It's one of the most highest times for really? something to happen. Hmm. Oh, yeah, because of family and all that. His family, mm-hmm. missing people. And then his response was, this is why 22 of my brothers and sisters off themselves in VA parking lots. I would never. But, God damn it. I feel, filed in July and I haven't heard a word. And it's December. Interesting. And that's just not in the VA, man. People. Is that just in general? I think that's in general. Like, no way. Maybe not that long here no. for the active duty personnel, but like, I go in for something that I have a problem with. More not our medical system is like, here's these drugs. Hmm. Here's that's these, true, huh? Here's these. Just throw drugs at you. Here's these drugs. Even now with an appointment. Yeah, here's here's drug. some here's some Tylenol. Here's no here. Here's some this. Hmm. Just, they don't really want to find the root cause. And that's, that's like, a lot of these guys, like, especially the senior guys, it's like, I'm coming here because I'm fucked up. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm a senior dude. I'm not coming here because I have a scrape on my elbow. Like, I'm coming to mental health because I have an issue. Yeah. And I have to wait two weeks for an appointment. Or when I go and talk to you, it's like, oh, let's try this. Let's try this Prozac. Let's try this Prozac. You know, this should help you out, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that... Setting them up for failure. Is that the right answer? I know a lot of senior dudes that take medication. Yeah. Prescribed. Yeah. And it's okay. But no. Like, that's a band-aid, man. Like, you're telling me you're under 40 years old. Hmm. You're going to be on that medication for the rest of your life. That's what that's what you want. But that's what the doctors are telling them. Yeah. True. Interesting. But it goes back to what I said. That's the easy way out. That's the easy one. Hmm. Why don't we go through counseling? Why don't we find different natural ways to hit that issue head on to figure out why you're feeling this way? Right. Nobody you think uh, a lot of the, a lot of us active duty and veterans? They, do they, you think they use those resources? Excuse me. Which ones? Like the ones that we have now, like military one source. You know, super high print. Oscar. Yeah. Stuff. No, the uh, the hotlines. I think we do. I, I watched. You think a, we do? I watched a a video of this this police officer pull this guy over, and he walks up to the window, and this dude's sobbing, crying. He's like, "I've been on hold with the, I'm on the phone with the suicide hotline, this and that, you know." And the police officer gets him, you know, and calms him down, and asks for the paramedics to come and all that stuff. So, hmm. just seeing that video, I think definitely people use it, you know. But it goes back to it's like. I don't think some of these people with PTSD want my problems to be your problems. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe, maybe that's a, maybe that's the reason, but you know, I'm telling everyone out there, it's like, that's not, we're a brotherhood. Like, even if you get out, like I tell all my Marines that EAS, like, Hey, my phone's always on. Like countless people call me. Hmm. One of my recruits called me. Yeah. One of my recruits, I was a senior drill officer, he calls me once I was off the depot. He's like, he calls me, senior drill officer. I'm like, dude, I'm not yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm going, I'm in a bad place, this and that, you know. And I'm like, what's going on, man? And I talked to him like he was a, like a human being, you know what I mean? Hmm. And then it's like, it's going to be all right. These are your options. This is what you can do, you know, and talking him through it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. How many phone calls do you get from recruits? 
Uh, it's usually not phone calls. It's usually they hit me up on Instagram or Facebook, and then we'll, we'll, we will ask them for advice or what to do. Uh, well, Garrett, we're running short on time, but uh, just just tell the people where they can reach out again. Reach you at again? Instagram, Facebook, GK Instagram. Auto. What is it? GK Auto. GK Auto Detailing. Mm. Uh, that's my business page. Um, PNW Burn. Hey. PNW Burn. PNW Burn is my personal Instagram. Um, more than welcome to hit me up if you have questions or whatever you need. I'm here to help. Um, On top of those resources, Garrett Burns, ladies and gentlemen, Garrett Burns is a resource. Yeah. Hit him up. If you need help, I'm here to help you guys. Uh, if you don't, if my ideas don't align with yours, um, it's all right, man. I'm, I'm humble to say that's what I believe in, and it's got me to where I am today. Interesting. Mental and physical resiliency. That's different topic for a different day. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I'm telling you, you have those two things. It's it's going to get you a long way. Absolutely. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Pit Talk, Portland Pits and Opinions. Have a great night. Your prime time has ended. With the magazine of 15 rounds, make it condition one weapon. Is the line ready? The line is ready. Shooters firing five rounds in a time limit of 60 seconds. Stand by. Contact. Service members to discuss their thoughts and opinions on various issues surrounding military life, current events, and history. The statements heard here are the opinions of its members and guests. These do not necessarily reflect the views of the Department of Defense and are not endorsed or sponsored in any way. Listener, you are discretion advice.